0: This is Pax. What she said. Now here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. I can't even imagine what this front would look like with Chase Young. I know like, the fact that he's under here. Their literal line. best player. It's just like insane to me. So scary. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's the key, right? Is if you can keep Rodgers protected, and I think not just what we're we talking a lot about like pass blocking, but like you're gonna have to be able to run block well against this front too. Um. And we know that we want this offense to run through the running backs we Mm -hmm. want aaron jones to get more than like 12 touches a game but we have to make sure that the run game is effective which means the offensive line is going to have to pass block well and run block well but i totally agree that if they're able to keep these pass rushers at bay this secondary is maybe i think more of the weakness on this commander's defensive side so as long as the guys on the Packers offense can run their routes properly um, not get held up not make any mistakes um, Rodgers I think it should be able to get them the ball pretty effectively
1: I wanted your thoughts on this just because I think it's really interesting so knowing where we're at obviously going into week seven if I would have told you that Aaron Jones will have 532 yards from scrimmage total and two touchdowns on the season. What would your thoughts have been on that through six games?
0: Not enough. The yardage, maybe, right? 532 yards through seven games is... It's like, okay. Okay, yeah, sure. And we know that they rotate with A.J. Dillon, but two touchdowns is absolutely not enough touchdowns for Aaron Jones, Um, especially as someone we know who can get... He finds the end zone, right? He just has a nose for the end zone, so... I think that probably speaks more to Packers' difficulties in the red zone this season and also just their ability for this offense to get to the red zone this season. But um, they're just going to have to find a way to get him the ball when they're down there more.
1: Yeah, I did think the the attempts differential was really interesting. I didn't realize that A.J. Dillon actually led the team with 73 rushing attempts and Aaron Jones had 70. And I guess you could argue that you know, Aaron Jones has three more receptions than A.J. Dillon, but they're really split, like 87, 86 for touches for those two. So it seems like the Packers want them to be the focal point of the offense. They clearly touch the ball more than anybody else. Yet we're not seeing the production there. So I yeah, I'm hoping that's something that we can see, you know, whether it's some creative play calling, some blocking up front. I think they'll answer some of these questions on Sunday. At least, you know, that would be the the hope going into yep. week seven.
0: Yeah, Dan Orlovsky did a really interesting breakdown of some of the issues with the Packers. I don't know if you watched that video on Twitter, but um and he basically broke down that with some minor, not minor, because it led to big issues, but. Basically, one guy here or there on a play missing their block completely derailed Mm -hmm. the entire play, right? So it's everybody not doing their 111th. One person doesn't do their 111th. And there were so many opportunities. He had three examples where Rodgers could have either hit one of his receivers on a big play, or there were two that he went through that where it would have been Aaron Jones with like open field. So the opportunities are there. Um, and we've been saying this all season, like they're just like one or two things away from being able to like break this offense open. And I think more importantly, like break Aaron Jones open. Uh, they really just need to get their blocking down. That's it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why like, I understand that there's this desire to hit the panic button because we're not used to a Matt Lafleur-led Packers team having three losses in October, right? Like that's not something that normally happens for this team until late November, early December, when we're talking about 13-win football teams every year. Like it's it's weird mm-hmm. for them to be sitting at 500 at three and three, but I still can't find it in myself. And you know, I guess check back on Monday to see uh, if this changes, depending. But I'm having a really hard time panicking about this team. And I still think that they're a playoff contender. I think that they can be because I guess I see the foundation and I think that there's room to build and grow off that. And maybe that's me being, you know, too optimistic about this, but it's like you said, there's just opportunities where you see flashes and yes, you want things to be more consistent six weeks into the season going into your seventh week, but it's a lot of little tweaks. I don't really see anything. I mean, the offensive line is the biggest issue to me, but I think if they can make the right adjustments, which I'm gonna talk I want to talk to you about with the defense and the, the adjustments that we saw against the Jets, they're in a good position to build off a lot of these things. And I think the foundation is there. They just need to start putting some things together.
0: That's why I don't think that just going out and getting another receiver is gonna like magically fix this offense because it's really it's execution. You know, like if they had Chase Claypool out there on Sunday against the Jets Nothing about that, the outcome of that game changes in my mind because like, unless Chase Claypool is going to be out there like chip blocking Quinn and Williams, which he wouldn't be right. (laughs) So I, I don't, while I'm not like all out on the Packers going out and getting another weapon because hell stack that room, however you see fit the woes so far have been like miscues on the line. And I think those, if I'm going to choose all of the issues that the Packers could have right now, like that's one that I find very fixable it, from an internal perspective.
1: See, that's really interesting because I agree. Like, I mean, I said last week on the show, like F it, go get OBJ, do your thing at this point. Like, if that's what you think part of the issue is on offense for the front office, then make the adjustments. But to me, there's a part of me that wonders if the move we see before the trade deadline is to bring in a right tackle. Yeah. And I think maybe, you know, I think Matt Schneidman was the one that said it on Twitter, but maybe these are all things that are happening in the building. But if the Packers wanted Yash Neidman to play right tackle, I think we would see it by now, or maybe they're getting him ready to start that. But if Yash is playing right tackle, you've got Elton in a pinch, but then your depth is kind of thin. And I think the Packers like having Yash as a security blanket at left tackle, knowing that Bakhtiari is still you know, we think he's he's back, but should anything crop up? So, in that same vein of like Jared Valdir, you know, Dennis Kelly, yeah, maybe that's the move they make. Maybe they go get a vet and to lock down the right side.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get the idea of like just move guys around, but like you can't just switch from left tackle to right tackle. <laughs> it's like, hard. Fully totally <laughs> possible that Yash is simply just a left tackle, and that is perfectly okay. Right? He is a has proven to be a pretty solid left tackle and I don't think he should like it shouldn't be a negative on him they can't just simply switch over to right tackle it's really 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 hard um, it's the same thing with people saying oh we'll move John Runyon to right guard well can John Runyon Jr. play right guard like can he just switch everything you do it's like becoming a if you're a righty like trying to let right with your left hand you know like not everyone can do that so I totally agree with you that The move that they make at the trade deadline may be an offensive lineman. And it may not be flashy and it may not be exciting, but I think it would be probably the piece at this point that would help this team the most.
1: Yeah, and I mean – I think, too, like Yash had said it when they interviewed him in his locker earlier this week, it's not just like the way that you pivot in your stance or the way that you're protecting with your hands, but think about like the blocking scheme. And all of a sudden, instead of running to your right, you're running to your left. Like you have to mentally flip everything that's happening when -hmm. the play is called if you go from left to right. And I think that's kind of the piece that some of us miss when we say like, oh, well, just put this guy here. Just put this guy here. And that's why when you find a guy like Lucas Patrick, who played, you know, three spots on the interior when you had Elton Jenkins who could fill in anywhere in a pinch. And, you know, he's done a decent job at right tackle, but I think his best fit is along the interior and that's not a knock against him. It, it shows, you know, his ability to play anywhere, but yeah, I think that's, that's going to be the move. That's my, that's me calling the shot that I think they bring in someone to play right tackle.
0: I think that's a very Packers
1: move. So I agree <laughs> with you. And it's OBJ. They bring in OBJ to play right tackle
0: great (laughs) that'll go really really well
1: 2400 sports is an odyssey company